but and that's like go. the beauty of it, I guess. Right. And that's what I'm learning right now too, is like, just let go and like really trust yourself. And the beauty in life is not knowing if you knew the last chapter of the book before you read it, it wouldn't be as beautiful. And like, that's the way life is. If exactly. you knew the outcome of everything, where is the beauty in that? Just a small town girl. Is that recording? Living in a lonely world. She took a midnight train going anywhere. Boom. Yeet. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Steph Teagan Podcast. I have Melena Ferrizzi back in this B. We don't swear anymore. I'm trying to give it up for Lent round two. I think Lent's over. <laughs> it's definitely over. <laughs> it's definitely over. It was over like yeah, a year ago. Um, today we're just going to be talking about everything that we randomly think of to talk about. And that's my favorite style of podcasting. Also, I love how low we are. Like <laughs> we're both so short. We're on this table like. Ah, 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 ah. Um, Melina, yes. for those of them, for those of you that have not listened to the podcast with Melina that I recorded months ago you better go listen <laughs> something's wrong with you uh number two please listen to that and then also melena for those of them that don't know you please introduce yourself and what you do what you love and also um your astrological sign just because apparently that's important yeah <laughs> and also like- i love the glasses <laughs> i love the glasses i there's no rhyme or reason for the glasses so we're just going to let that flow okay I love zodiac signs. I'm getting very much into it. I'm not an expert yet, but I've been doing a lot of research on it. She literally looks like this hot Hollywood mom that's like, I went out last night. Don't look at me. Okay, anyway. But I didn't. So, okay, let's run it back. I am Milena Ferreze. So, I'm a registered dietitian. We had a nice chat and convo about that on your other podcast. So if you have not checked it out, I highly recommend. And yeah, I'm a dietitian. I have my own business. I use a lot of biohacking. So things like genetic testing to create custom meal plans, fitness plans for people. I use HRV for rest and recovery. So looking at the autonomic nervous system. And then I'm going to be tapping more into the gut and utilizing resources where we can now deep dive into someone's microbiome and look at the bacteria that is residing in there and how we can help to optimize gut health. So that's what I do in a nutshell. And my zodiac. Oh, what I love is food. <laughs> Dietitian who loves food. Um, so I, I do love food. I love cooking food. I love talking about food. Like I am super passionate about what I do. And I, you can ask anybody, like I don't shut up about it. Uh, I mean, that's a good thing, right? Like you love what you do. So, well, I just love working here because it just always smells like a gourmet kitchen. <laughs> so I get to smell the roasted sweet potatoes in the air fryer every day. That's true. Mm. That's a fact. And then my zodiac sign. Dare I say it? I'm Can a you guess? Oh, <laughs> okay. shoot. And then uh, I'm like, I'm a Leo. She's a Leo. I don't know what that means. August 14th, baby. So what is so what is a Leo in, in you know, the general terms? What does it mean? Actually, let me get our sexuality Yeah, go get the book. sexuality book. Sexuality? That's not even a word. Did I just say? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
this this book describes all the zodiac signs with like a one-liner okay so my roommate is an aries and they call aries the one i want to be the one my my zodiac they call us the knockout so So you both have good ones guess what mine is the sleepy isn't it sleepy the sleeper yeah the sleeper (laughs) i don't even sleep i have insomnia i'm like really i couldn't have a better sexual ambiance to myself the sleeper i don't think this i mean this book obviously does touch on like how these zodiac signs are in a sexual setting but Mm. just like our minds our bodies our souls and it's really interesting and cool there are some aspects about it that I resonate with but then there's also like a few tidbits where I'm like "Uh, that's just not true right but the basis of what I understand is Leo's are just like like, yeah like like, you know like they're very intense intense people and I like I said I can resonate with that but I can also say that just over the past year my like personal development and like being more open emotionally uh, intellectually with other people, like building those types of relationships. Whereas before I'd kind of put up this like wall. Yeah. Like a lion would like, just be strong, be strong. Yeah. Like I always felt the pressure to not be phased by anything. So my claim to fame in high school was I don't have any, I was like, I don't have any emotions. I don't cry. I don't do this. When in reality, like I definitely felt, am I too far? There you go. Um, I've definitely felt the suppression over the years of just my emotions because I couldn't show that. If I showed that, then this fierce lion, like Leo, that whole image is gone. You know, that whole image is gone. And I think that just comes with the societal pressures of trying to fit in and like, you know, not being phased by what other people say, even though like we all are impacted in some way yeah shape or form you know yeah it took me a long time to get here but I am a lot further along in the emotional intelligence um personal development aspect just even over the past year so yeah I want to get into that but first before we dive into the fun mental health stuff I want to talk about HRV because it's becoming so much more popular I didn't know what the heck it was. I thought it was a type of car. And then I realized (laughs) that's not true at all. Um, So can you talk to the people about what HRV is? Maybe start with what the autonomic nervous system is, if you you can speak to that, like what it does. And then HRV, how we measure it, what it can mean. Absolutely. So I am not an expert in HRV, but I am working with experts in the field a lot of neuropsychologists that have studied this extensively. And so I'm learning a lot every single day about it and I love it. I do mine every single morning. I do a readiness reading, uh, which I can explain that in a second. But basically HRV is, for those of you that don't know, is heart rate variability. And what it is, it's very different. Not, okay, not very different, but it's not the same as heart rate. Right. Most people think it's the same but it's It's like a different measurement okay so heart rate is beats per minute and then hrv is going to be the frequency in between each of those successive heartbeats okay so we can get into the science of it but really the premise of hrv is it's like a little window into your autonomic nervous system so our autonomic nervous system we have our parasympathetic and our sympathetic so 
sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight. So when we're in intense situations, like if a stranger is chasing after you. Happens a lot in San Diego. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> your body is going to go into fight or flight mode and you're going to have high cortisol levels, which is our stress hormone. Right. And so when your body, like, like short-term stress is, is good. Yeah. Acute. Yeah. Acute stress. Yes. Yeah. If it's long-term. So if your body is chilling in the sympathetic nervous system for a really long period of time, it can cause a series of negative health consequences. Mm -hmm. And so what the, um, parasympathetic is, is your rest and digest. So that's kind of their little like slogans for it. And that's when you're in like a, a relaxed state. So think of yourself like on a sunny day in the pool, chilling on a pool float. Nothing is bothering you. You are unbothered queen. Like love that. that. Never is, happens for me, but that's what I want to be. <laughs> right. So those are obviously very surface level explanations of these things. But in a nutshell, that's what the two um two, two of them are right. 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 And so what we want is a balance, a healthy balance between the two. So like, we don't want to be too, too relaxed, but we also don't want to be too, too, too stressed. Right. You know, and I feel like gonna put the body into like shock basically. Right. Right. And that's what HRV is showing us. It's like, okay, you're very much in the sympathetic. We need to, um, you know, take it back a little bit. Don't go as harder and mm-hmm. tense in the gym. Don't put a lot more stress on your body than it already right. externally is taking on. Right. Like I feel like if you're waking up in a sympathetic state, you're like in a sympath- sympathetic state while being rested. And that's not good. Not right. Good, like yeah. if you're in a sympathetic state while you're doing an assault bike sprint. Okay. That makes sense. But if you just wake up and you're already there, it's like, uh, something in your body is saying we're stressed. We need to relax. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe this isn't the correct explanation. Is it like the efficiency or how well your body can basically pivot from a parasympathetic to a sympathetic back to a parasympathetic? Is that kind of it? Like the agility of your body? In like- a way, in a way. Yes. Okay. So there's a lot of variables that I'm learning mm-hmm. about it because I use this app called Elite HRV and I use the polar heart rate monitors. Mm. And so when I input my information into this app, they give me like so so many different things. And like, I can actually get my phone and show you in a little bit, but, um, oh my God, my lunch is like, (coughs) did I not fully like swallow something? Did we take a digestive enzyme today? No, I did not. Um, so Basically, yeah. Okay. Back to what you were saying. When we are working out, like most people want to get their heart rates up. So that's what they're solely focused on. But the true test of cardiac fitness is how quickly you can get your heart rate down after it being up. Okay. Yeah. See, most people think like orange zone at orange theory, like you want it as high as you can. And it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because if you're really fit, it's going to take more for you to get up to like the highest zone. And then also it's, it's that idea of how efficient is your body at going from a state of stress back to a state of calm. Right. Like that is the goal, right? To be able to just calm back down efficiently. Right. And there's so many variables that can negatively impact your HRV. So inadequate nutrition inadequate physical activity or any type of movement, uh, high stress levels, traumas can cause it. 
to like tank alcohol. Um, I was going to say, like, I feel like um, the emotional stuff we tend to overlook too. If you're going through a period of like, maybe you're having a breakup or you're going through a fight with a friend, like it'd be interesting to check someone's HRVs on those mornings and see if even with sleeping, like if they wake up and they're already in that state. Right. It's also important to mention too, that just one data point is not going to give you a really good indicator of your HRV. So what you want, you want to take it consistently every day. And best practice is first thing in the morning when you haven't worked out, you haven't consumed anything. So there's nothing really that can be a confounding factor. (laughs) Yeah. And then you, so I, I wake up and the first thing I do is I, I basically sometimes don't even go to the bathroom. I just take HRV. Yeah. You know, like getting up even it's like. So yeah. you want you want to make sure that you're taking it consistently at the same time every single morning. And then once you so what I do is the readiness reading score. And so it's on a scale of one to ten. And anything like below a seven, your body's like, uh, no, like take yeah. it take it easy today. And you can see there's like a like a little sliding scale of sympathetic, parasympathetic, and you can see if you're far either one way or the other Mm. and then you can you'll know why like the readiness score is what it is but I've gotten perfect tens where it's like smack dab in the middle I'm like it's like equilibrium your body's at homeostasis and so the one thing also to keep in mind is that you could feel fine like yeah you could feel fine externally you might not be that in tune with your body either to know what like a sympathetic state is because you might always be in a sympathetic state right like someone like me right but over time if you're tracking these data points consistently and you see a trend down like over time that could be indicative of anything right like that could be indicative of um an illness coming on so Mm -hmm. it might be like best practice to go get get that checked out you know right, like right. understand what's actually going on in your body so once I started using HRV I've become a lot more in tune with my body and a lot more okay with taking lighter active rest days you feel like you're better at listening to your body when it's maybe not now I am yeah so when I was in the thick of my eating disorder I couldn't even fathom the idea of taking a rest day if I was not in the gym for minimum two hours a day, I'd freak out. Like intern, like nobody would know that I was right, freaking out. Right. But internally, I'd have like these huge mental battles with myself. Like I would beat myself up so badly inside, and that's causing even more stress on the body. Right. So I was always in a state of stress. That's so true. Yeah. Like yeah. the emotional part of all of that. When you're, it's not even the fact that you're. It's not just the fact that you're malnourished or not even eating enough but it's also when you're always worried about your like your next meal and what you're gonna eat and oh no I shouldn't have eaten that like that's so much stress on your body that's such a good point absolutely and it's such a psychological like battle yeah Yeah. if you will because you're sitting there oh my god I didn't go to the gym today thinking all my progress that I've been working towards is going to go to shit when realistically that's not even how the human body works. Exactly. In fact, you actually need to give your body time to relax and recover or else you're not going to be able to perform optimally in the gym, like going forward. And so I, it took a lot to have that mindset shift and I'm the type of person where I need to 
experience something to know that, oh, okay, this, this is fine. Like it's not going to ruin all my progress, but that entails that I actually do it consistently and long enough to understand that. And so right now is the first time in my life that I'm actually okay with taking a step back and not going super hard in the gym and pushing it. For example, I literally have not lifted weights in three weeks. (laughs) That is so incredible for someone that is so into working out and like regimented and scheduled like you're very you're you're great at executing and planning so what do you think was the catalyst to make you like you know how before you would freak out if you didn't get your workout in as Mm -hmm. did I when I was going through some like disordered eating stuff but what do you think it was that helped you realize that you know, it's, it's one thing to say, I need to listen to my body and rest more. And we all say it, but do we actually follow it? Not everyone. And one thing that I'm impressed about with you is that you actually like have stuck with this and yeah. not pushed it when your body is saying to you, ow, something's going on. So what right. was it that was the turning point to make you actually change? Right. So I've had this pesky knee injury <laughs> for so long And I think it was just a compound effect over time of so many different things. Like definitely kind of started injuring it in Taekwondo. So this was like years back. And then over time, just continued using it, using it in so many different ways. And then about two years ago, so like right before the pandemic started, I was out on a run on Route 9 in good old Latham, New York. And uh, yeah, so I was running and... I was about 30 minutes in. I'm literally on the main road and my knee just like something felt so uncomfortable. And I was like, all right, I can't continue running like this pounding motion on my knee. Like I'm it's about to give out. Mm. So here I am just walking back on the main road all the way back home. Shameful. Like I know I'm like, God damn it. And so I get home and I was like, all right, so this was uncomfy. I'm not sure what's going on. And then I started going to PT and I went and then COVID happened. So then I was like, you know what, Uh, whatever, screw it. Not going to continue doing anything. Really, I'm just going to go back to doing what I was doing because it was feeling a little better. And that was my first mistake is not letting myself fully recover and heal before jumping right back in. Guilty as charged. (laughs) Exactly. And so it's been two years of just using, using, using. And I think a lot of it is overuse on it. And just recently, I, same thing. I was doing something. I forget exactly what I was doing. And I felt that sharp pain and it just Mm. never subsided after that. And I was like, you know what? I'm 24 years old, about to be 25. This is what I do for a living. Why am I going against everything that I tell my own clients? Right, I would do the same. You know? Yeah. And so I kind of just had a conversation with myself where I was like, you need to like, put your big girl pants on and actually freaking recover. Yeah. Like your body and like walk the talk. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so it was very difficult for me at first. I, again, back to the old mental battles. I'm like, damn, Lynn, like you're really going to go a whole month. Cause that was my thing. I was like the whole month of May, I'm just going to do full ability with you. Like I was just going to do a different type of movement to get my body realigned and healed. So properly. And I was like, do I really want to go a whole month without lifting a weight? And it's so hard. It's like, it's the mental part of it. Like you're like, 
so used to a program that works for you and gives you a certain body type and then thinking of that being taken away from you is so scary absolutely and then it just came to the point where I was like I'm in pain do I want to continue working out in pain and maybe going about 85 90 percent when I could be giving 110 percent feeling like a fucking beast superwoman that you are you know like so you just really need to invest that time into recovering and healing properly if you want to take whatever you're doing to the next level and for me I do like I want to level up with what I'm doing physically nutrition I'm pretty good with like a lot of that stuff I would hope yeah you can't can't (laughs) be a perfectionist but you're can't be a perfectionist but I am really good at understanding what my body needs from a nutrient standpoint making sure that I have everything in my diet day to day However, the physical part was where I was lacking. And so I'm the only one that can make those changes. I'm the only one that is responsible for that outcome. Mm -hmm. So that's what I told myself. I was like, if you want to be the best, the best physically for, for you specifically and your, in your body type, you need to take this time to heal, recover and rest and take Mm -hmm. it back a notch because right now you're just doing the same things over and over and over again you're in pain every single day. You're just trying to put it on the back burner. But guess what? Pain is the universal language of the body and the body is the best communicator of what you need. Yep. And so if you're going to choose to ignore that, it's going to hurt you in the long run and you're not going to be able to perform optimally in anything that yeah. you do. Because you do... you How you do one thing is how you do everything. Everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would say too, like even if it's not an injury, I went through a burnout in... March, April, and basically my thyroid tanked, my hormones tanked, and for the first time in like my whole life, basically, I didn't have energy to work out. Yeah, none. Like, yeah. couldn't get out of bed. Hurt every time I bent over. Physical pain, um, depression symptoms, just because of how tired I was. Like, I felt like I didn't have the motivation to do anything, and for the first time in my life, I was knocked on my ass. And it wasn't a matter of like, even do I want to push it? It was like, my body was like, you're not pushing it. Like we're stop, And it's kind of like your knee. It gets so bad to the point where you can keep trying. You can keep trying your routine and getting up at 5am and working out and like doing your routine and the, this program that works for you. But there comes a point where your body's going to like stop you Mm -hmm. and that's how it felt for me I was like I don't have a choice and all I can do is listen to it like if I keep doing what I'm doing I don't know what's gonna happen absolutely and my saying is always your body is is your house yeah (laughs) your body is the only home you you have And you need a solid foundation and that's going to come from proper nutrition, obviously, Mm -hmm. but also physically, what are you doing to your body? So that's going to be like the quality of the materials that you're building a house with, right? So you need something sturdy. My knee takes a lot, like the brunt of everything in the lower body. Right, right. You know what I mean? And so- Especially if you're lifting on it, yeah. If I'm not at 100% with like everything in my body and everything's completely- you know, aligned, pain-free. I mean, sometimes there's things that are going to be, gonna like be aches things. and pains. There's yeah. going to be things. But if the if this is something that I have the ability to change and 
and do something different than than what I've been doing, I'd be stupid not to. Yeah. And then I'm just like, then that's shame on me. Right. Especially when we tell our friends, like if you talk to your friend and your friend was like, my knee hurts so bad, I can barely do a squat. You would say, take some time off. Like your body's clearly saying something. And like, I'm the first to admit I do that with everyone else. I'm like, you need to rest. Just listen to your body. And then it's like, when it comes to me, why don't I give myself the same grace and respect? I think a lot of it too has to do with ego. So my, I can speak to my own self, but I definitely had a little bit of ego with it where I need to make my body look great because I'm comparing myself to other people. And if I take time off, then I'm not going to look like X, Y, and Z that I see on social media or like something like that. But my mindset has shifted so beyond that. And even before all when you have to surrender. Exactly. And, and not like even before taking this whole break from, from lifting, my mindset had already shifted because I have learned and understand how I understand how the body works. Right. So I know that everyone's built differently and what you see out there on the media is not going to be achievable for everybody on this planet. Right. We all look so different. We're all so different. (laughs) And if you're comparing, if you're wasting your time and your mental capacity on comparing yourself to these people, you're never going to be the best version of you because you're not going to know what is best for you. You're just going to be chasing what's best for somebody else. And also like, we're all going to die someday. Or do you want to spend your life trying to be someone else? Like, I'm We're just gonna being die real. Someday. Like, Jeez, do you sad, really? Okay. I know. I'm really lightening the mood. But it's it's like, do you really want to spend every second of your day trying to achieve a body that you'll never have because you are not that person? Right. Do you want to spend every second worrying about what you need to do to get there? Or are you going to enjoy the present moment? Exactly. Exactly. And so that's just, that was just a mindset thing that I had to get over. And I, I've gotten over that probably a couple years now because again just learning and having the knowledge I I'm fine going through what you did yeah I'm totally like I love my body like I absolutely love my body there's things about it that obviously we all have our own insecurities Mm -hmm. but that's what makes us us and like you you talk to somebody else and and I (laughs) I love this people would be like oh my god your body's so perfect and I'm like it is not perfect. It is, it is perfect for me, right? Right. It's, it's not perfect for, for you. Right. So you kind of have to, I don't know, just get away from just like the physical, like, yeah, I'm not somebody that focuses on the physical. You can't anymore. I used to be. be, No, me too. But it's like that, like we have shown, like I got really sick and, and you had an injury, like to put all of your identity into that is not sustainable because things are going to happen. Like that's inevitable, you know, like we're all going to get wrinkles someday. We're all, unless you get hella Botox, but like to put all of your identity into your physical appearance, like, and I, I talk like I'm on a pedestal and I'm saying all this in hindsight, but like I, as of even a few months ago, when I, when my thyroid crashed, when I couldn't work out, I gained 10 pounds and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I was like, I loved my body through all of that. And I just had the best body image ever. No, I freaking didn't. Like, I'm not going to lie. I had days where I was like, what are people going to think of me? Like I was always known as the fitness girl. I was always known as the girl that had abs. I was always posting fitness stuff. And I was like, like, now when I post, people are going to be like, oh, she looks like she's gained weight. Like, it's so crazy how I thought of that. I never thought I'd do that, but I did. And it's like, it's human nature. So I'm saying it like I'm 
you know, on this pedestal, but I went through it and I'm still going through that, like rewiring and training my brain to think it doesn't matter if I gain 10 pounds. I'm still Stephanie. I'm not my fitness. I am not any of that stuff. Yeah. We're, we're all always going to have some type of body image insecurity. Like I said, And I, I mean, I haven't met one person. There might be people out there that are like this, but I have not met one person that's like, my body's so perfect. I love it. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, if you are, like, I'd love to talk to you. Like, I'd love to talk to you. How did you do that? Because even when I'm the best version of myself, I, I love it. I celebrate it. Right. Right. Like, I'll always celebrate it and and not discredit it. But there's also things that I can always continue improving upon. Yeah. And, and again, it's now I don't really always find a new fixation. I don't think exactly, exactly. And, and I don't just chase the physical. Like I said, like my, my fixations are my health now, Mm -hmm. like the HRV, like I could say that's an obsession. I love it. It's like a game to me. It's like functional. Yeah. Like like, how is your body functioning? Who cares? Like exactly. How does it look that is so irrelevant? Like I looked healthy for the last year and a half and I was the least healthy had ever been like people are like you're so fit and I'm like no I actually feel like shit like you can't tell from someone's physical appearance exactly exactly and also too like to go back to HRV it when I said it was it's like a game to me it really is because when I wake up and I see that oh my god like the other day I had a readiness score of three and my my HRV was in the 50s and that's like low for the average and every, there's different averages for ages and genders and, and whatnot. But there's a lot, again, a lot more that goes into that. But one thing that everybody can do to improve their HRV almost instantaneously is deep guided breathing. And so what I'll do is I'll try and see how much I can improve my HRV just within like that 20 minute difference. So Super cool. the other day when I woke up and it was, it was like 50 something, I did two minutes of deep breathing. So I did uh, four second inhale, hold for four seconds, four second exhale. And I did that for two minutes over and over. And, and Elite HRV has has a practice that they uh, that you can do it mm-hmm. on there. And so then I did another readiness score and it went up to like 70 something in just from two minutes of deep breathing. So that just shows like how resilient the body is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And th- that's just one of the practices that you can do to help almost immediately improve, yeah. but you need to do that consistently in order to get, you know, Base a to sustained, sustained high HRV. Right. So like I said, when I get fixated on something now, it's more like, how can I get healthier? Right. How can I be healthier? What am I doing that is holding me back from being my peak optimal health. Not what, what am I doing that's holding me back from having my six pack of abs? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd much rather have a great palette of health than a six pack of abs and like a lot internally that's not functioning properly. I would, as someone that's gone through like a lot of health issues for my implants the last year, I would argue like even when I thought I looked my best, even when I thought I looked the like, best physically I'd ever had I feel so much uglier when things are going haywire in my body like totally irrelevant of what you guys see on the outside if if I know systems are messed up or if I feel like my gut's messed up and my my mental health like I feel so much less attractive than 
anything that a physical thing would make me feel less attractive from. Does that make sense? Like, it's yeah. like when you when you have something going on inside the body that can supersede any abs or glute growth. Like, none of that stuff matters if you feel unhealthy and sick. Like, I don't know. I think we have to just sway that conversation. Like, let's focus inward so much more. Even, oh, like, yeah. spiritually, like, mental health-wise, like, everything, it has to go inward. Well, there's so many aspects to health. It's not just nutrition. It's not just fitness. It's it's the mental. It's the, like, social, economical. There's so many mm-hmm. things that can impact your health overall. Yep. And we know that because there's so many variables that can impact things for recovery, like the HRV. Right. And so... I, I I love HRV, so I always bring it back to HRV. No, but it's, it's a great example of, like, how a breakup, it's not just up here. Like, I think people, it, mental health is so stigmatized because they think it's, like, in your head. And it's, like, no, these emotional things, like, around you, energy, spiritual things can physically and physiologically alter things for you. And that's why that's such a good way of showing that. Absolutely. And to the whole mental health thing, I am very much new to all of that. Just within the past year, I've been a lot more open to like surrendering to the emotions and the feelings. So emotional intelligence, I've learned a lot about that just in general. But I, yeah, a complete mindset shift around that for me. What was it do you think that started that for you? Like that ability to just let it happen, you know? Being an entrepreneur. I'm not kidding. Having a billion responsibilities in no time. You cannot function at 100% capacity if you have a lot of just mental real estate taken up Mm -hmm. by things that are festering inside of you. Oh, I like that word, festering. And I had things inside of me built up from childhood. We all do. Yeah. And we all do. Yeah, Yeah. we all do. But the, for, for me, why, why would I express how I feel? Right. That just shows weakness. Right. And that's how I was wired, not by anybody really in particular that I can like pinpoint and be like, cause my parents, they obviously supported us and, and did, you know, they loved us unconditionally, but I feel like it was a lot of self-inflicted perfectionism where I was not allowing myself to express myself or how I felt so that way I could get it out and then clear like clear that garbage and yeah. then move on yeah it was just nope next thing all right pile on top it's kind of like a hoarder internal yeah. hoarder yeah. of like you know trauma or stress or emotions and it gets to a point where there's no more room up there like everything's everything's about to explode you know yeah and so that's where I got to and once I got more responsibility of being an entrepreneur my, my business was like at the forefront and I, I had, I was wearing all, I wear all the hats pretty much. Still, right. Right. You know? And so, so when you, I'm in you that, couldn't afford to be mentally unavailable yeah. because you are literally like holding the business up. Exactly. As a foundation. Exactly. So I knew that something needed to change and I was like, all right, Melina, again, like showing emotion isn't a sign of weakness. It's actually really healthy. And you're it's one so that, strong. You're one that preaches health. Again, it's, it's more of like a, I, I basically called myself out for being a hypocrite with the whole physical and, and, and that, with the emotional. But like, that is, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like that is so honorable and says so much about you as a leader and a, and a coach and like a freaking professional and a person right. because most of us like 
we know we're hypocrites some, most of the time. And to be able to admit it and say it out loud and be like, I am not living to the advice that I'm giving other people. Like that is strength. And it's like taking away that ego of like, I like, I got this. You you yeah. literally like exposed yourself and that's so vulnerable. I, I had to because I, there's nothing more that I would hate about myself if I just continued to be like, no, I do that. Like, I'm good. Like, right. I'm good. Like, I'm lying at that point. Why, why am I going to lie? You and know? that creates stress it creates in your body. Stress. And so if I'm, and you can only put up this wall or put up this fake front for so long before it's tear, like torn right down. So if I didn't call myself out, somebody else would have, you know, or something would have happened that made you like have to course correct. You know what I mean? Like if you didn't exactly. catch it sooner, like that too, yeah. you would have had a day where like you couldn't fulfill something and you know what I mean? So it's like to catch it when it, you know, it's starting to crumble right. down. Right. So I've, it's been a year so far of like actually, doing the work and I just started therapy actually um that was something that really was one of my my fears I will say because it just I don't know for me there was a block there always and I couldn't tell you why and after my first session which was last week I felt so much better and I was like hey like I can get a I can get a hang of this you know like this is not that bad and that's going back to what I said. Like, I need to experience something like that in order to be like, okay, like, this isn't terrible. Most right? of us need that, like, push. Yeah. You know? And so I think just my mentality and my mindset shift of this is the month where I fully go into, like, healing and recovering. Just physically, mentally, Ditto. everything, Ditto. you know. <laughs> and so I'm okay with saying that now. Whereas before, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. That was my, like, Because we just anybody, try to like, fight. Like, we try so hard to fight it. I, I'm that way. Like, I'm right. like, I'm not going to let this beat me. Like, right. I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing for five years. And I'm going to keep this workout routine. And it's like, life is not linear. Right. Life is literally like this. And if you aren't here yet, like Celia says, you're going to get there someday. And, like, to be able to just surrender and heal all of us need to heal. Like, yeah. I mean, okay, I don't want to say absolutes, but most of us have healing to do because we overlook things in our childhood. As kids, we were defenseless. Like we, there are things that we don't look at now as adults as being something that would, you know, traumatize us or, or upset us. But back when you're a kid, you are so impressionable. You see things that you may not even consciously remember seeing. And all of that stuff as an adult starts kind of, trickling through exposing itself and our different behaviors and like the way that we interact with people and partners and friends and then it gets to the point like Melena and I both experience where it's like it's so overwhelming and loud and starting to impact like how you perform on a daily basis and that's when like you have to just sit down and be so honest with yourself and be like I played tough guy for 25, 26 years and it's time to strip that away and like lean into this whole new thing of healing, which is unknown. Yeah, absolutely. And to play off that a little bit, I think the biggest thing for me was that I was not forming the quality relationships that I wanted to form. I, I had, and that's not just like with a, with a partner, it's like friendships. I had a lot of really good friends. I have a lot of really good friends, right? I have great family. 
but I wasn't allowing myself to have that connection with them. Again, whether it was a friend, whether it was a significant other, because I physically couldn't be emotionally like vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so that was the biggest push for me, I think too, because people are everything to me. And like, I love connecting with people Mm. and understanding them on a deeper level rather than just like, Oh, we can go out and party yeah, like, together. Nice you know? shirt. Let's go get. I drunk. like your shirt. Yeah, yeah like superficial. You stuff. know, so a lot of that surface level activity, I was so over that, and I just wanted to be able to connect with people on a deeper level, because in order to do that, you have to fully understand yourself and know kind of like your like how you operate. And, and I didn't like I, yeah. I didn't know myself really. Like I, it's very cliche to say oh soul searching or like finding yourself. No, but it's so honestly. Relevant. How are you supposed to have that connection with somebody or, or or have a conversation at a deeper level if you're like oh I don't know I'm just a like, dietitian. I don't know who I, I am. Just, like I just do work all day. Right. You know, and there's like, so much more to you than like your job and your profession. Like you are everything that you've experienced you have stories and scars and wounds, beautiful lessons. Like you're so much more than that. Like, Oh, Hey, what's your name? I do this. Okay, great. Like I think for people like us too, and and other people may relate like that superficial kind of friendship and conversation. It's tempting and it's like fast dopamine. It's novelty. It's new, 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 new friends everywhere, especially when you move to a new city and then you start to feel exhausted and burnt out. You're like, this person I'm expending more energy thinking about going and hanging out with than I'm getting enlightenment and fulfillment from being with to just uh, go along with this whole thing about how we're talking about healing. Like healing isn't just cutting out gluten or dairy or things that are like physically impacting your gut or your body. It's cutting out people and energy that is not serving you. And I'd go as far as to say is like, toxic to your body like yeah the body keeps the score you know exactly. what I mean exactly and I think too for me I had a lot of difficulty cutting people off I think that was another one of my biggest fears like I just didn't want to upset anybody or but I or just burn knew, bridges or burn bridges yeah and I just knew though like whenever I'd hang out with those types of people my energy was so drained and I was like damn like I don't feel fulfilled or or what even was that basically, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I was at a point when I was like younger, I didn't know the difference. I just was like, oh, I can be friends with everybody. Like yeah. I just want to yeah. be friends with everybody. Right. Cause and we're extroverted. Yeah, exactly. I and I'd bounce around at parties and be right. like, Hey, what's up? Like me, right. but realistically, like every person that you meet, you're not always going to have that connection with and that's okay. And no force it. Which just respect is you just respect each other and you don't Mm -hmm. have to, you know, be bestie bestie. But also when you are looking to get that connection with somebody again, whether it's a friend or a partner, you need to feel how your energy feels when you're around them. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I'm learning too, is like, if you feel drained, then that's most likely not going to work because there's something not aligned there. Yep. And you have to figure out what that is, right? And if it's something that you're able to work through, great, awesome. But if it's not, then you have to kind of accept that, accept what is, and then just move on. Yep. And, and that's I, with any type of relationship. No, it's it's so true. And there's people where like for, for the last year and a half, like I thought I was so convinced. I'm like, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. And then I realized it was because after hanging out with people, I'd feel exhausted. I'm like, I need to just go like, eat and watch Netflix and be alone Mm -hmm. 
it's because I didn't feel inspired by these people or like fulfilled around them and joyful. Like it was such a, I I was misperceiving the whole thing. Like I thought I was so introverted and, and just hated to be around people. And it's like, no, you were just allowing energy into your life that was not serving you. Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm sure like we sit here and preach this, but I'm sure there's people that feel that way about me, right? Like I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be somebody's cup of tea and that's fine. Right. Everyone's your no ones. Exactly. (laughs) Like, but I respect those types of people to know that. Right. Me too. Like if somebody's, if I ask somebody to hang out and they're like, I just don't want to like, great. Awesome. Like, cool. Yes. No, but it's not like they're, they're like, Oh, I freaking hate you. Or I'm like, I freaking hate you. There's no hate, no animosity. You just know that it's just not, you know, that type of alignment of, of friendship or, you know, you can have this acquaintance, right. Whatever that situation may be where you're both civil and civil coexist, you respect each other. But again, if you're trying to find that human connection and I'm still learning this, you just have to pay attention to how you feel. Yeah. The body. Yeah. It literally is so loud. Like, do you have a stomach ache after you hang out with these people? Do you have a stomach ache before you hang out with these people? Do you feel tired before you hang out with these people? Like I, there was a, a guy I dated where like, before I would see him, I would completely just get exhausted. Like I would just be like, I'm, I feel like I'm coming down with something. I literally would think I was sick every time. And then I realized like my body was saying, I don't want to be around this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be around him. And it, it's like, so our bodies are so loud and they're so smart and some they're yelling they're yelling (laughs) and they're yelling before you consciously can even know like what you're thinking like your body's saying I don't want to go before your brain is saying I don't want to go wait side note I sliced my finger last night and it's bleeding again (laughs) oh no I'm just having a rough day we're talking about recovery and like here I am just getting injured everywhere one second I need to go yeah go get to I'll just I'm just going to sit here. I was going to say something and now I, I want to remember what it was. No, you're fine. Um, 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 Oh, it was about, oh yeah. Okay. So while she's getting her finger fixed, what I was going to say was, um, when it comes to people pleasing, AKA my biggest talent <laughs> and yeah, issue, is. I yell um, at her. No. Yeah. Don't yell. Um, wait, I'm going to interrupt you real quick to that point. I tell Steph, don't commit to me. I'll ask her something. And I'm, I say, I'm too optimistic. I know when she's like battling in her head, I'm like, don't say yes. If you don't want to she's like, tell me, no, tell me, no. Like I want you to tell me no. And that's how I feel like with other people. I'm like, if I suggest something and you don't want to do it, please do not do it f- just for me. Yeah. Like do it for you yes. if you want to do it. And, and like, there's times when like I want to do something, but it like logistically doesn't make sense, but I'm so optimistic and I, I want to make someone's day. So I'm like, I'm just going to like move all my plans. And, I, and then it's like that in the end, like boundaries are meant for people you love, right? Like boundaries are not meant for people that you don't want in your life. They're meant to keep the people you love around. So you don't resent them and feel like anger or stress around them. So like, to be able to say no to people you love is so important. And then also like to say no to people you don't want to be around for so long, I would just say yes. Like someone would ask me to hang out. I'm like, okay, yeah. And then I know here's, mm. oh, sorry. I no, keep let interrupting it out. you, but here's, here's what Steph does. I'll be like, Steph, do you want to do this? Well, yeah, like maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could just go to, the, maybe I'll go to the gym at like, uh, I'm like Steph say no. I know. I know. Freaking say I no. Know. I just can't. I, and I'm working on it. I'm working at 
taking pause before I would just say yes. And now I'm like working on just, okay, slow down. Say maybe if you're going to say anything, but don't say, yeah, I'm down. Like I'm working on that. But I was going to say like when it comes to people that you don't necessarily want to be around, like we're all guilty of this. We're, we, we feel like obligated to hang out with them, right? Or we feel obligated to go to something. Before I thought it was nice of me to go. And then I was like, I am literally stripping them from the dignity of their experience. They think that I want to be there and I don't. How awful is that? to them like I need to be a good person and like not rob them their dignity and just say um thank you but I'm gonna pass like wouldn't you rather have someone say that than show up to something and not want to be there with you you know what I mean yeah also so awful also too on the other end on like the receiving side of the notes like if you're pressuring somebody after they said no that's even more effed up in my opinion like like at that point why do you even want somebody that doesn't want to be there to be there you know like no that is so true I've had that happen before and okay I had to I have two but and then sometimes if if when I was going out in 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 that phase and someone said no I'd be like come on don't be a baby I'm a hypocrite of that doing that too we've all like we've all like I've definitely done that and now that I realize that it's don't pressure somebody into doing something that they don't want to do because mm-hmm. you don't like, and they don't, your, their excuse doesn't need to be valid. They if can they, just say no. If they say no, it's a full sentence. That means no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and don't, don't pry, don't ask questions. And again, this and have is the self-respect to like not want someone there that doesn't want to be there. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, why would you want that person to force themselves to be with you? Exactly. And like I said, that's something that I, I had to learn myself because I would just want everybody to have fun or come Mm -hmm. do this or come do that. Right. And I didn't realize that I was like putting pressure on people to like say yes. And I was like, okay, Melina, like they don't want to be there. Relax. Like Mm -hmm. there's going to be other people there at this event or this function or this party, whatever it was that we were doing. And if they don't, if you, you go by yourself, I can go by myself anywhere. I don't, I zero, zero. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I will go, eat by myself at a restaurant I will go do whatever it's so fun it's just fun when you have people with you to experience the experience what is life without meaningful people to experience things with exactly so I think that's that was what I had to learn from the receiving end of the no is don't put pressure on people because you don't know what they're dealing with right now or you don't know mm-hmm. why they're saying no and don't don't ask questions right if they want to tell you they'll tell you and so I've gotten a lot better at that as you know, I have, I, I want you to say no to me now hmm. if, if you really don't want to be there. So yeah, it's, it's very interesting concept for sure. Yeah. And on top of things that we're learning, like this is this whole podcast I love because it's just like, I've learned this in the last year. I've learned this one thing that I'm learning right now. Um, and I want to do like a mental health update just because this is a mental health podcast. And I want to just talk about some of those things. Um, but something I'm learning too is like, your mind and body are so, it's, it's one. It is like, one. Like I used to think that like mental health and physical health were separate and they are not. I fully believe that with every fiber of my being. And this is something that I'm realizing as I'm trying to figure out where my next location will be for where I live. And I was realizing that my mind wanted something different than my body was asking for. And I was completely ignoring, like, 
the one. Like, it is one, but my ego was above what the mind and body was asking, I guess I, I guess I should say. So, like, my ego wanted to be in a big city around craziness and, like, go, go, go and everything. My body is asking for something completely different. And, like, in order to function and not even just function, but, like, excel you have to be aligned in both of those, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't ignore one or the other. And I think because they are one thing, you know, so like if one isn't good, the other one's not either. And it's it's something that I'm learning to just surrender to like this whole podcast. It's just like about you're going to get to the point sometimes where your body's going to yell at you and be like, listen to me like it knows what it needs and to neglect that and and like strip everything away from it that it is craving and yearning for it's not going to serve you and and then like the ego trips in and thinks I need to do this to like be successful and achieve xyz but you can't do that if you're not healthy mm-hmm. and like that's something that I've had to come to realize lately like you can't do anything well if your mind and body and your spirit are not healthy Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like you're going through something similar. And I just wanted to like say that and touch on it, that all of those things are so related and like, it is one thing. And if you don't have a piece of it functioning, the other stuff isn't either, you know? Yeah, yeah I <laughs> very much so. Because right now I would say there are several things in each of those quadrants for me that are putting a lot of stress on onto my body. And so being able to deal with them appropriately and still heal is, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you have to actually work at and you have to actually want to, to do those things. So I could easily just be like, oh, f- like screw it. You know, I'm just going to keep working out or I'm not going to be verbal with my emotions or I'm not going to be do, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that because I have this ego to protect or I have whatever it may be. But like you said, if you're not a hundred percent yourself, everything else that you do mm-hmm. is going to be half-assed because mm-hmm. what, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I've said that before and I'll say I'm it again. Name that the name of this podcast, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I, like people say that to me all the time mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sitting here preaching kind of just my, what I've learned and, and what I know about myself, but I also know on, on the other end of it that I am not perfect. And so no one is I'll the way I do something for, for me, you know, maybe it's not the best the first time. So let me try again. Right. It's learning. And so it's a lot of trial and error and you can't beat yourself up because guess what? You're actually putting in the effort to do something. Yes. And if you do it and you fail, awesome. You're doing that. Like yeah, that's, you that's, did it. It's you better than it. saying yeah. I tried. You yeah. did it. Yeah. You, you may not have succeeded the first time, but failure is actually so important. And mm-hmm. I'm learning that too. I like, I want to say my entire life up until this point now, mortified of failing mortified even in school like if I got a 95 and not a 100 I'd freak out I would freak out (laughs) but like when I got a B for the first time a B I literally got sick like this is gross I got the runs and I went home from school and I was like mom I gotta be like mortified okay I confession I was not so nice to my professor when he gave me a bad score or she gave me a bad score. 
because let me set up the scene for you. I had a test, a nutritional assessment, okay? I love how big our hands look. And it's just, I just need to tell this story because I don't just freak out on my professors. I was going through it. Okay. And I had this test that was coming up, but my grandmother had passed away. And I had to miss it because I had to go back to New York. I drove from New York to New Hampshire back and forth three times in one week because I didn't want to miss class and I didn't want to miss school. And this was like before like we did Zooms and stuff. I'm talking as if we're in this ancient This is the time. olden days. I'm like, this is like this four is years ago. Life. Like this is four years Isn't ago. Isn't in the AR. Four or five years ago. And so I, I was that, like I loved school. I love learning. And so I did not want to miss anything. I actually had two tests this week. And, but the nutritional assessment one, I physically couldn't be there for because that was the day of the wake and the funeral. And so I went and I, I went to my, you know, later to rest and everything. And then I came back to school and I was doing the makeup test. The original test, the original formatting was 20 multiple choice and nutritional assessment was a lot of math. That is not Melina's strong suit. <laughs> it was math. a hard class. Okay. But <laughs> I was doing so well because I put so much effort and time into it. And so I take the, I go into the makeup exam. It is 20, not multiple choice. It is long answer questions. And I was like, Wait, just yours and everyone else. Just, just the makeup. Yeah. Just the makeup. And that I was like, fair. what the heck? That's not even the same type of test, but I know. But then I was like, okay, whatever. Like I'll just take it. And then I was like, so emotionally just like, going through it wasn't processing things because that was at a time where I was like kind of suppressing everything. Mm. And, and obviously I was super sad. My grandmother just passed away and, and I was like, I damn, like I didn't have enough time to study. Like I know this stuff, but my I'm clouded, like all this stuff. I wasn't able to fully function. And I got a terrible, I don't even remember what I got. I got a terrible, probably a B minus. I got a terrible score. I sent her, a not so nice email, okay? And she was not very happy with that email, rightfully so. But over time, we built a nice relationship. But she was somebody that I needed to have on my side <laughs> because of the role that she held in the right curriculum, in, you know, in the curriculum. Also, she was the one that was like writing a lot of the verification statements and, and whatnot. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, can I unsend that? But like, that's the thing is like when you act impulsively like that, but that just goes to show, like I was super like, I need to be perfect in this. Like, holy cow. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? You couldn't let go mm -hmm. when something I couldn't let away. go. Mm -hmm. But again, it wasn't her fault that I scored poorly on it right mm -hmm. it was my own fault but I also had other things that were clouding my judgment so mm -hmm. going back to you know if I was able to process those emotions or it was emotionally intelligent but again I was 18 19 years old yeah, so yeah. how am I gonna beat myself don't beat up yourself for, up yeah for not being emotionally intelligent at that age you know right so that it it was just like yeah I was <laughs> when I when I sent that email I was like oh shit like and that's one of those good. things like I'm very <laughs> impulsive and sometimes I have to be like would I send this tomorrow like I literally sometimes give myself a three day rule if someone's like do you want to go on this vacation I'm like I want to say yes literally the second like I'm like yeah and then I'm like Steph 
give it three days and see how you're feeling because I know myself, know thyself and I'm impulsive and that's the ADHD. I'm just super impulsive, but like it's awareness. It's yeah. And and like I could take Adderall every single day and control it. And yeah, that's an option. But like I, (laughs) I being self-aware is everything. And I feel like that's what this whole podcast is about. Listen to your body, be self-aware. Don't fight what your body is yelling to you. Sometimes yelling. yelling. We're all yelling. Yelling. Everyone's yelling. Everyone's yelling. And, um, and how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just like, for me though, I know that this was bound to, to come to this point. I just needed to like have, this huge life change and I did when I became an entrepreneur I didn't know the first thing about being an entrepreneur when I decided to just jump right in take the risk no no side job nothing to just grow this business which I'm still working and continuing to grow but it forced me to learn a lot about myself because I was very lonely this and first you year. are your business so if your brain isn't holding in some shit that it sh- yeah we only have a certain amount of space in here and so if we're not like meditating or clearing it out every so often like it's gonna explode yeah and absolutely and back to what I was saying when I was lonely this this last year and not because I wasn't around anybody like I was still around people but but that's not like real but being being like an entrepreneur has taught me that it is lonely in a sense that like I'm the one in charge right like Mm -hmm. nobody I can't rely on anybody else so like here I am like nobody really sees the behind and you're working alone all the time working alone the long hours late nights everything and I still continue to beat myself up but it's like that forced me to really be in tune with my body and and learn about me for once Mm -hmm. and so that's where I was like all right I kind of see the gaps and the holes of where I need to make improvements on and that's kind of what if you want to call a catalyst for all of this Mm um was the the choice to become an entrepreneur for sure do you feel like because I'm speaking from personal experience, I, years ago, at the height of my disordered eating, even though they didn't diagnose me with it, I know I had some issues. Like, I was burning the candle at both ends. I was working out, like, a lot. I was not fueling myself enough. I was walking to class. And I knew in that moment, I was like, in a few years, it's gonna, I'm gonna crash. I just know it. Like, and my my ego got ahead of me and I was like, well, I'm still okay. I'm still going. And years, like another year passed. I'm like, still going, still okay. And I knew this time would come when like my childhood trauma, my overusing my body, my maybe not eating enough in college. Like I knew that would all catch up to me. My, my breast implant illness. I knew there would be a day and a period of time when my body is like, I'm done. And it hit for me this spring did you have that same like premonition years ago? Like, like, you know what I mean? I would, yeah. I feel like I was self-aware enough even then to know like what I was doing was not healthy. Like, and I knew eventually I would crash and burn. Absolutely. And the answer is yes, because we can make up these excuses day in and day out and we can continue to make excuses and say, well, I made it this far. Mm-hmm. Well, nothing bad's happened yet. Right. That's that's mm-hmm. the mindset of being reactive. Mm-hmm. That's so exactly what I was. I too, I knew 
that what I was doing to my body was not what I should be doing to my mm-hmm. body to be a hundred percent. And so over time, it took a lot of rewiring mindset shifts, everything. And it, I, it's because I operated, I operated out of fear, fear of changing what I was doing because I didn't know the outcome and uncertainty. Yep. But and that's like go. the beauty of it, I guess. Right. And that's what I'm learning right now too, is like, just let go and like really trust yourself. And the beauty in life is not knowing if you knew the last chapter of the book before you read it, it wouldn't be as beautiful. And like, that's the way life is. If you knew the outcome of everything, where is the beauty in that with our bodies and our, our mental health, you pointed out something really good that like every year you're like waiting for something to happen almost. And then it doesn't. So you keep pushing it and then you're just reactive instead of like, it's like kind of like meditating, right? Like I'll people, me like, okay, I didn't start meditating until things got really bad. And then, you know, when things start getting good, you stop doing the things that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Like if you're even some people that take medications for like anxiety, um, it's common for them to start feeling good. And so they get off of them and then they feel bad again. And it's like, the same thing with these lifestyle practices. Like we start feeling good and then we abandon the good habits, the proactive habits that got Mm. us there. Exactly. And so it's like, you made a good point about just being more proactive and less reactive and like loving yourself enough to be proactive and not just wait for the shoe to drop and something bad to happen, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I didn't have this pressure of building a business that I relied on in the past, right? Mm -hmm. So now so true. I have this and I'm not even going to put it all on being an entrepreneur because that's not everybody. Deals I would with say the same moving thing. across the country away from your family and being alone. That I mean, yeah, that too. I, I haven't really lived at home in, in the last six years. So that taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. Where I couldn't just go downstairs to my mom and be like, mm-hmm. mom, like having you know, a bad day. <laughs> I, this is happening or I could call her. That's another thing, though, too, is I never and and not because my parents were like, you can't tell us anything, right, right? right? I was always the sibling. And even now I could say like, I'm pretty much the sibling that I don't disclose a lot to my parents like that because I, and this is all self. You keep things more inward. Self-inflicted, mm-hmm. but like, I don't want to like burden them Mm -hmm. or I don't want to worry them or I don't want to, you know what I mean? And I mean, if they listen to this, which they probably will, they'll be like, why do you do that? Like we've been telling you for so long. That makes us worry more if you don't tell us what's going on. Exactly. But I I am realizing now that like they want to be there to support you. And Mm -hmm. so like you said though, moving away and not having them physically there they're just a phone call away. I know that, but it's like, but touch you, you need a mother's hug or you You need your dad to just be like, you know? And so, um, I I mean, personally, I mean, you probably too. Yeah. Personally, but it's just one of those things where you want to be looked at as independent. You want to be looked at as like, Oh my God, you got it together. Are you Mm -hmm. like, you're, you're strong or, you accomplish this on your own. You really like in it, it all again, it goes back to that ego thing, but it's okay to be vulnerable and be like, listen, like today is just not my day, mm-hmm. but you have a decision at that point, right? You wake up. It's not your day. Okay. That's one thing. How do you handle that? 
right? Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility to make those changes if you're having a bad day. And something that Celia, who What's just up, walked Angel? in, <laughs> something that she always says is when I, or anybody, right? If, if anybody's complaining about something, are you just going to sit there, continue complaining about it? Or are you going to do something about it to change it? Yeah. I mean, and so that's the same you have a thing. choice. Always. That's the same thing. Like I, because we're talking about healing and recovering physically and mentally and just in all areas, it's like, if something's bothering you, are you going to just keep sitting there and letting it bother you? Yeah. You know, you're the only one. You're that the can author make those of your story. Exactly. And I feel like when you, Booyah. when you do something like you, like your example was starting a business and being an entrepreneur. And then my example is like moving away from everyone that I knew <laughs> and living alone. Like all of that kind of cracked me open. Mm -hmm. Like all those things I was hiding and fighting that cracked me open because I didn't have the same coping mechanisms. I couldn't just like go be like, mom, this happened today. Like I had nothing but myself to yeah. face all of that stuff. And like, sometimes the crash is what you need to start climbing back up. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll end it with this. I have a question for you. Let's go. So, Oh, are you hosting? I love it. Yeah. I'm like, thanks. Welcome <laughs> back to my podcast. My name is Millie rock and I'm here Millie to rock? serve you. That needs to be your name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so now all these years of learning about yourself and, and whatnot, what is the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself does that make sense Ooh, about myself so you've done all these things to kind of understand your body physically emotionally mm. and you're still in the thick of it but like what do you think is like your biggest takeaway just after doing mm. all of those things that we discussed that's so there's so many things I think like the number one thing that I've learned though is that going back to the like my mind my ego wanted something different than what my body and my spirit wants and I fought it so hard like I was like I should be doing this I should be living here I should be doing what all these other people are doing I should be hanging out with these people because xyz and then all of those things would do nothing but make me feel empty and not fulfilled and that doesn't create success and joy and happiness so I like finally have to listen to who I actually am and be empowered by it. Yeah. Like I was so not empowered by it. I was so embarrassed of it because of my ego. Like I was like, I'm not is whatever I had in my mind of who I wanted to be. And then I realized that just isn't me and to fight it is neglecting my true desires and like who I am as a person. And that's, I don't want to live my life doing that anymore. Let's go, baby. Wait, what about you? <laughs> I'm like, and that's where we end the podcast. <laughs> you can't get away with that. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, I definitely would say the emotional side of things. I have always been the type of person, and we kind of discussed this a little bit, where I would suppress everything, and it would build up and fester, and I have gotten a lot better at allowing myself to be more vulnerable and talk about things and communicate, mm -hmm. where it's it released a lot of mental real estate, but also a lot of pressure off of me because I was able to get it out, like all that neg negativity or toxicity mm -hmm. out, out of me. And that helped me actually operate better in everything that I was doing. So that's something that I'm really focused on now is like, I used to just be like, yeah, no, it's fine. I'm fine. Yeah, it's great. Life's, yeah. life's all, you know, butterflies and rainbows. But 
internally i was like yo girl like like you had to right. carry your own load yeah. for so long and now you're yeah. surrendering yeah i think that's the biggest thing and it's funny because i always knew that that's what i needed to work on and change but back to operating out of fear i was like oh my god then i'm not going to be this like tough chick like everyone's going to look at me as weak or mm-hmm. or whatever i thought And now that I'm doing it and now that I'm expressing how I feel more and like talking about my emotions, people actually respect me more than me trying to be like, oh, I'm perfect. Right. Like that's not true because people look at you and be like, you're lying. And I have no respect for you now because you can't even tell the truth about how you feel. You know what I mean? Yes. And so that's, that's the biggest thing that, that I definitely, I think learned the things that we resist the most are the things that contain our salvation. Like the things that we don't want to do and we put off and like, for me it's meditation or like for some people it's working out. It's like, that's the one thing that's probably going to make you feel a ton better. And like in therapy, when I was with someone I didn't want to be with, they would ask me everything about my life. I would talk about, my family, I would talk about work and I would purposely avoid talking about my boyfriend because I didn't want to, I didn't want to go there because that was the thing that was bothering me. Isn't that, it's like almost sabotage. I didn't want myself to heal, but it was more of the fact that healing is scary and doing the same thing that's familiar and making us sick is less scary. But healing is uncertainty, it's unknown, and it's like totally new territory. That's more frightening than doing what we've been doing for years and years that's making us sick. Exactly. But it is the best thing that that you can do for yourself. (laughs) Exactly. So, surrender. Okay, where can people find you? Well, you can find me. 707. No. (laughs) I'm like, no. Um, You can find me. Multiple places. So I have two Instagrams, Monumental Movements underscore and Milena Elise with two E's. And then I am also on Facebook, just Milena Ferrarese. And yeah, that's where you can find me. And, and she has a TikTok now. And she's oh, been, yeah. She's yeah, been yeah. grinding on the TikTok. TikTok is just my name, Milena Ferrarese. Yay. Which I'm sure you'll link all these below. I will. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone.